And I think one thing that I would love to say is looking back uh, in hindsight, I did not freeze my eggs earlier when I was younger. Um, emotionally, I wasn't ready for that. And looking back, I think I probably would have done that differently. And I would have uh, frozen eggs when I was younger. One thing that I was surprised to learn was really important to me was their voice. You can hear recordings of them having conversations with a staff member from the cryobank. And that was really powerful for me is I wanted somebody that was articulate, but also kind. And I think you learn a lot by someone's voice. And it wasn't something that I really appreciated until I was sitting there listening to different interviews. And when I finally picked the donor, he had checked a lot of other boxes, but probably the driving decision was he had a kind voice. Welcome to Dream Again Podcast. I'm your host, Krina, and I'm a seeker, entrepreneur, and a clear example that all your dreams can become true. I have conversations with amazing guests weekly to inspire you to live your most beautiful, healthy, and joyful life. And now, let's get to my conversation for today. Hi there, everybody. Welcome back to the Dream Again podcast. Today, I'm absolutely thrilled to have a very special guest and a dear friend of mine, Heather McGill. Heather, a sports medicine clinician and entrepreneur from San Francisco, join us to share her incredible and deeply personal journey into motherhood. Heather made a bold and inspiring decision to stop searching for the perfect partner to start a family with and instead embrace the journey of becoming a mother on her own. This topic, I must say, is not only very close to Heather's heart, but also holds a special place in mine as I know many more on a similar journey. Our conversation initially was quite emotional as you can imagine, delving into such a vulnerable and personal subject. But Heather's courage and openness to share her personal story are truly admirable, as she aims to support and empower other women who might be considering a similar path. We are going to explore deeply into her journey, starting from the decision to freeze her eggs, facing various challenges, and culminating to the joy of motherhood. Heather is now the proud mother of an amazingly beautiful little girl, Greta, who has just turned six months old. The love and joy she brings into Heather's life are simply immeasurable. Through this conversation, I hope to inspire and support many more women to trust in themselves and boldly follow their dream. So, sit back, relax, and join us on this deeply moving and empowering journey with Heather McGill. I'm thrilled to welcome my dear friend Heather to today's episode. Heather, thank you for joining us and for being willing to share such a personal and powerful journey with us. Hello, and you're welcome. I'm excited to be here. So now you're in San Francisco, right? Correct. Yes. After a very nice trip with your 
six-month-old daughter in Italy, right? You just came back. Yeah, we just went for a week and a half, my mother as well, and went to Milan, Torino, and Venice, and it was wonderful. And it was such an easy child. She was great. She, yeah. For five months. <laughs> I mean, she, a... was, she was a saint. She was a blessing. I don't know who was looking out for us, but um, she did amazing. I mean, we know some of them, especially because we are friends. We know that there are some special people there souls that they are taking care of. And you know, Heather, I know you for years and I've watched you embark on this incredible and brave journey. Becoming a single mother through IVF, it's a significant decision. And I want to jump directly into the topic and I want to ask you if you can tell us what led you to make this decision. I think the primary driving force was the desire to be a mother. And that is something that I have always wanted to be since I was young. I remember babysitting and taking care of children of all ages. When I was in college, I nannied uh, part-time with a wonderful family. And I have always loved kids, and I've always wanted to be a mom. And throughout uh, this journey, that was kind of the main driving force for me was don't lose sight of that, that You want to be a mother. You think you will be an amazing mother. And in an ideal world, I would have wanted to do it with a partner, but I didn't meet the right man in the right time to do it. And I didn't want to lose sight of that dream. So that was the main, the main reason was to be a mom. So beautiful. And for such a young age, and I think there are so many women that they are listening now that they have this wish but maybe they don't have the partner or they don't have the right partner. And I think, I think you really are going through difficult stages during the whole process or challenges. And I would love if you can go through all the step-by-step -step process from the moment when you decided. Actually, I remember that there were so many ideas and I remember you gave a clear deadline. This year, I'm doing it. I was like, oh my God, I was a little bit stressed because it's a big decision, but you were organizing everything very well. And I would like, if it's possible, to go through those steps from the beginning. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I think one thing that I would love to say is looking back uh, in hindsight, I did not freeze my eggs earlier when I was younger. Um, emotionally, I wasn't ready for that. And Looking back, I think I probably would have done that differently and I would have uh, frozen eggs when I was younger. Younger, you mean what age? Sorry, Heather. Like what, what age do you think? Because you are anyway, in my point of view, you are very young. But when do you think it will be the right age to, to do that? I think the experts will give you different suggestions, but most of the experts agree that after 35, your egg quality really starts to diminish. So if it's something that you're considering, probably doing it before you're 35, if you have the ability and the resources to be able to do it, I would recommend it. Having gone on this journey and knowing what the numbers were of when I went through IVF, and I can break that down um, for the listeners as well, but I didn't have as many great eggs or embryos as I would have liked. That being said, I still got a beautiful daughter who I love and who is absolutely perfect for me. She's... But um, it was, some of it was luck. So for those that are considering this, I would 
steer them to consider egg retrieval when they're younger, even if they're not ready to you know, make embryos or go continue on the IVF journey, then at least they are in a place where they can have quality eggs to work with when, they're, when they are ready. Would you mind sharing your age, Heather? Sure. I am 44. Yes, I'm 44. <laughs> I know. I, I forget the number. <laughs> so I did the whole process when I was 43. Well, 42, 42 to 43, I, I had a birthday during the process. How was that process for you? Was it an easy process? Because I'm sure that there are so many women that they are, this is such a hot topic. How was that for you? If we can, you can share more. Emotionally, I was prepared for it. Uh, it was something I wanted. It was very much, I'm a very practical individual and my background is in health and science. So I understood it. And I was prepared for it. It was still a lot. You know, the hormones are a significant stress to your body. And the process itself is very laborious. Uh, there's different protocols for each individual woman. And so I can't say that my process was exactly better or worse than the next person's because it really depends on um, your own individual body, how your hormones are, um, and a lot of other contributing factors of how your reproductive system is. So, But can you just share, I understand that each individual is different, but can you just share some things that for you they were a little bit, I don't know, different than you were expecting? Or would you, for example, you had to pay attention to what you're eating or before that, do you had to do something before this process? So before I went through the egg retrieval process, when I knew I wanted to be a mom and wasn't sure how what that journey was going to look like, I started doing acupuncture with a women's health and fertility specialist. And I started that when I was 35. So I did wow. regular acupuncture with this woman for seven years. And with the idea that this was something that I believe in and I enjoyed doing, and I was hoping that it would help keep my menstrual cycle normal and keep my eggs as healthy as I could and minimize my stress level and so on and so forth. So I started that years before I was ready to go to the next step, which was retrieving eggs. And that component of the process was daily hormones, um, both oral and injection. And the actual Retrieval process really depends on they time it with your menstrual cycle and prepare your uterus and uh, make sure everything is as ideal as it can be. And then they kind of check all the boxes and make sure there's no, no other contributing factors. For me, it was fairly simple because I wasn't trying to get pregnant with a partner. So there weren't other considerations that they had to make in terms of why aren't you getting pregnant on your own? naturally, and so on and so forth. So once they looked and made sure that um, everything was as healthy and as normal as it could, I started a course of hormone therapy that was specific to me. And then at the right day, they gave me a specific uh, hormone injection that I had to do at a specific time. And then the next day I went in and they put me under anesthesia and retrieved eggs. 
Would you mind afterwards, uh, I would like, if it's possible, to share um, the link maybe on the place where you did, maybe if there are some oh, locals. I know that we have listeners from uh, from the area and maybe will be interesting. And I'm curious if you can just give us a budget or some price around that. I know there are so many personal questions, but I just uh, roughly, I think it's important for women because I know many that they don't do that because of the price, because of the budget too. Uh, absolutely. And there's some major considerations. One of them being is how many cycles you want to retrieve. Uh, so depending on your egg quality and depending on how many eggs they are able to take, it might be that you could just do one cycle of egg retrieval. Or if you need to do multiple cycles, it obviously will be more expensive. I ended up doing two cycles. The first cycle I did, we just saved the eggs. Um, I hadn't yet determined a sperm donor and but I was I knew that I it was time I should I should retrieve the eggs before they get older so we we pulled that first um, cycle of eggs and stored them and then when I was had determined that yes I wanted to move forward with a sperm donor and I had decided who that donor was going to be then I did a second cycle and immediately made embryos with that donor uh, so that was a little bit different. So I d- ended up doing two cycles worth of retrievals, one of which I still have eggs that are um, being preserved. And then the second round, I immediately made embryos, tested the embryos, and then ultimately put one embryo in, which then I was pregnant with and had my baby girl. So how, how, how much was that, uh, those two cycles that we are talking about? So all around, give or take, it ended up being around fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, which is a lot lot, for some. Which is a lot for a single mother, especially. That's a lot, but when you have a big wish, (laughs) yes, and when you see Greta, (laughs) you think like, yes, this is nothing. It was a big investment, and a lot of companies are actually um, they have a budget or a stipend that they'll give to women for egg retrieval here in the States, which is wonderful. Uh, So that is always something to consider is to look um, at your employer and see if that is something that they offer. I have my own business, so that wasn't an option for me, but it was still something that I was very much interested in investing in and and achieving that goal. So, uh, and then of course, there's the process of implanting the embryo and, um, and then going through the normal pregnancy and all of those expenses as well as well. It is not, it's not cheap, but it is a hundred percent worth it. So, and they, um, a lot of the fertility clinics do amazing jobs of giving you, um, counseling about based on your health and information, how many cycles they would recommend. There's different options for budgeting and payment plans and so on and so forth. In hindsight, I should have negotiated a better, um, kind of plan because I ended up doing two cycles, which I didn't think that I would do ultimately and then needed to because I hadn't picked my donor. But uh, that was just a little bit of learning for me. uh, And I wasn't ready with a donor when I did my first retrieval, but I didn't want to wait. So that was something that uh, looking back, I could have done differently and it might have been a little bit less expensive. Okay. I'm very curious. How did you decide about the donor? Whew. That would be a that fun, fun. Should be a fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, first, I 
was able to connect with a couple of women that had also gone through the process, and I got some advice from them, which was wonderful. And probably the most important advice was determining the level of anonymity and what I was most comfortable with. And because you don't actually know how many how many other women have selected that donor, so you don't know how many other children you don't are know that. out there. No. Oh wow. Uh, at least not with the um, with from my understanding with the process. Uh, you know if if that donor has had successful pregnancies, but you don't know how many. And so one of the one of the decisions that you can make is if they if the individual is a known donor um, and their information is disclosed, or if they are ID notification, which means when the child is 18, they can learn the donor's basic information or they're completely anonymous. So that's a personal decision that um, I think is really important is to know how um, how anonymous you want that individual to be. Uh, there's definitely other women that have gone with completely known donors of friends or friends of friends or individuals. Um, for me, I wanted to select somebody that if and when my daughter wants to know information, more information about the donor, um, that that could be something that we could in, we could do when she's an adult. And so I chose the ID disclosure. So when my daughter's old enough to know if she would like to know more information about the donor, um, then she can know. Um, but I didn't feel the need to know more details immediately. For me, I went through, um, there's a there's multiple banks, cryo banks, where you can learn and there's different levels of payments. You can get different levels of access of information. So I paid to know as much as I could about that donor. And you learn their basic demographics, um, their height, weight, let's see, uh, ethnicity, education level, sports they played, their medical history, their family's medical history, their test scores, um, their GPA, their hobbies. And so I wanted to find somebody that had shared interests of mine similar to someone that I might be interested in in the, world, in the real world. So I joke that I picked a tall, active nerd, somebody that was <laughs> intellectually curious, uh, was active. I love sports. I work in sports medicine. Somebody that loves to travel. Uh, I picked somebody that was tall. Uh, my family is tall, and I've always um, been attracted to tall men. So I, I went with some of the core... Um, qualities from that perspective that would be similar to a partner I would want in real life. Um, and then I also, uh, one thing that I was surprised to learn was really important to me was their voice. And it, you can hear recordings of them having conversations with uh, a staff member from the cryobank. And that was really powerful for me is I wanted somebody that was articulate, but also kind. And I think you learn a lot by someone's voice. And it wasn't something that I really appreciated until I was sitting there listening to different interviews. And when I finally picked the donor, a, lot, a huge component, he had checked a lot of other boxes, but probably the driving decision was he had a kind voice. And I thought to myself, this is somebody that um, I would want to um, 
you know, have a child using their sperm. So I get a little emotional about it just because of my little baby girl. But it's but, normal. You know, it's yeah, normal. you want somebody that's kind and loyal yeah. and a family mem- member and so on and so forth. So now we are getting so, yeah. both emotional, especially yeah. because I know Greta, <laughs> your baby girl, and she's just today, right? Six months. I was even thinking that yesterday. Two days ago, yes. Two days yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, she's such an easy baby. And anyway, we can discuss more about your role as a mother because I'm I'm obsessed. How you are as a mother. You're really a perfect mother. The IVF process, it's physically and emotionally taxing. They were moments of doubt for sure, right? Or never? I think the most doubt I had was just the exhaustiveness of doing the daily injections. And I did those on my own. I I could have hired a nurse to come and do them, but I really just kind of looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you want this, you can do it. And, you know, there were definitely days that I had to give myself more of a pep talk than other days because that that process of, you know, the injections, both doing them during the egg retrieval process, but then also once you have the embryo implanted, you, depending on your protocol and your body and so on and so forth, I had to give myself daily injections until 10 weeks. 10 weeks, every single day? Every day. So numbing the area. I had little sharpie circles of what the injection zone could be so that I was hitting it in the right spot every time. I alternated between my right and left side. And, you know, I'm, it was very much, um, I had a process that I figured out in the beginning with the egg retrievals. And so from that process, I was able to hone it in. So it seemed as routine as as possible, but it was still hard. Wow. This part I didn't know, Heather, and I'm sorry that you had to go through that alone. It's okay. Without was... me. <laughs> More than <that laughs> I was uh, not there um, as I just moved um, back to Europe. We were talking about the financial burden. What about the society pressure and the judgmental about being a single mother by choice? Did you feel that? I didn't. Um but I also have a strong sense of self and I knew that I had tried everything that I had felt I wanted to do um, in order before I got to that decision. And, and honestly, there's no one way to make a family anymore. And there's the divorce rate is through the roof and I didn't want to have a child with the wrong partner. So for, for those individuals, if they were out there and were going to make judgment, I, would just tell them that this is the way that I wanted to move forward and become a mom and I'm an amazing mom. And, um, and I think it's really not fair for anybody to make judgments on a situation. I, you know, I did my research. I made sure I was financially in a place where I could do this. Um, I, I feel like I prepared myself as best as I could um, to make this decision, and I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of you, Heather, how you are going through everything. And I remember when you said, this year I will make the baby no matter what. If I don't find a partner until this day, then I will do it on my own. And I was like, wow, you are so strong. And it was a clear direction. It was. And, and it's not to say that I didn't have amazing partners 
in the past and men that I've dated that were wonderful men. But what came down to was timing and being realistic about what I wanted and not rushing into a decision and and doing it with somebody that it wasn't going to be the right fit long term. You know, for me, you know, my parents are divorced and I love them both. Um, but it it was hard. They divorced. And so that was challenging for so many reasons. And I knew that I, if I didn't have the right partner to do it to get together, that I wanted to then do it on my own. I remember somehow I was lucky to be part actually on some processes. I remember when um, you already knew that uh, you are pregnant. We met on that day. And I know, again, it's a very personal question, but I remember that on the day when you were so sure that everything will go well, because you felt it was a special day and you felt supported by many people around from the family. You remember our discussion? I do. Yes. Um, you start your uh, the process to implant the embryo. So at this stage, I had retrieved, done another round of egg retrieval and had picked my donor and had made embryos and those embryos had been tested and we had a confirmed quality embryo that was normal. And then the next step is you have to wait until your period starts in order to determine the start day for the implantation cycle. And it was funny, I my timing was off and it ended up that day one was my grandfather's birthday. And it was just really special because he had always been, I'm going to get emotional again, but he had always um, been okay. one of my biggest supporters in saying... Mm -hmm. And he was in the sky, and he was in the sky on that time. You just lost him a, a year, uh, around a year ago or something, no? Yeah, so it, it had been very, a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, so his birthday was yeah. go day. Yeah. Which was so such was, a good sign. It was. And then... Such a special sign. On the other end, I had the same um, implantation day as a very dear friend of mine, and she had just had a a successful um, baby. So it was kind of special because that was the same day that my embryo was going to be implanted was her implantation day the year before. And, and then my due date was literally less than a week away from my grandmother's birthday, um, which is now as Greta's namesake. And so it was... Um, you know, little signs that were kind of encouraging for me that, yes, you should do this. This is right. It is going to be great. And, you know, you can believe in it or you can't believe in it. But those were things that were um, guiding for me in terms of saying, like, keep going. You're doing the right thing. That's so beautiful. And now that you become a mother with a beautiful girl, Greta, how has this changed your life and your perspective on motherhood? Oh, she's perfect. Um, she is such a joy. Um, and I think it is everything. Mother is everything I hoped it would be, but I am not um, naive to how hard it is. Um, and I think I've 
I knew going into it, I have so many dear friends that have children and I asked them questions and I, I listened to their advice and, um, you know, I'm very close with my mother and, um, other family members. And I think that was leaning on your tribe is huge. Um, and knowing that there isn't one way to mother and that really sticking and going with your instinct too, of listening to advice, but then knowing what's in your gut about what, what you need, what your baby needs, um, is also really important. And I, I really prioritized early on learning how to read the signs of my baby and learning her communication style and her cues that helped me early on to learn what she needed and being organized. That was really important. Can you give us some examples? I remember one day uh, you were driving and I was um, on the back seat with uh, Greta and she started to cry. I mean, I am a mother of 10 years old girl and I was like, I didn't, I completely forgot how to deal with a baby girl. And you <laughs> stopped the car, went out, opened the door and you were like, Greta, you're safe. You are here with Krina. You are here with mommy. We all love you. We are coming very soon. We arrive at home. Like you are talking with her like an adult. She made such a big eyes and she stopped crying. And, I mean, I, I am a mother, okay? And I was like, wow, that was such a powerful one. You really treat her like an adult, like uh, not like a five-year-old, which is uh, so true because they are so developed. We consider them so small, but they came, they are coming with so much information already. Can you share us more about your um, take on on this? I do talk to her. Well, I talk to her all day long. <laughs> her and the two dogs. <laughs> I'm sure somebody that was listening would just laugh because I basically narrate, you know, what we're doing. And, um, and I think it's really important for your child to learn your voice and the different tones of your voice and to find a soothing way to communicate with them, especially when they are upset or stressed. Um, for me, she is very sensitive to um, noises, not in a negative way, but she's very in attuned to them. And so I know that if I have a firm voice with the dogs for one reason or another, she turns quickly to see what's going on. Or if I, you know, have a silly voice with her versus a, um, a loving, soothing voice, she immediately has different facial expressions, which is really fun. Um, but she knows when she knows when I'm being serious, she knows when I'm being silly. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure people laugh at me on the street when they see me walking down the street, talking to her and the two dogs, but, um, but that's my, that's my family. <laughs> so beautiful. Such a beautiful Christmas too. You're the first Christmas with um, with Greta, very special one too. Yes, it was. It was. Um, it was fun. Knowing your inspiring journey, what advice would you offer to other women who is are considering taking the same path? Do it. If it's something that you want to do, um, there's there's a way and you know, do your research, educate yourself, talk to your friends, have a support system. Uh, you know, I so lean on the tribe of individuals that love me and support me. And um, I think that's really important is to know that tribe and to have those people that you can rely on, but do it. Um, you won't regret it. 
And for anybody that is discouraging, I would have you reconsider whether that's advice that you want to listen to. I have a lot of friends that they are um, single in this moment and they are thinking of doing this, but they are afraid of, um, of, of doing this alone. And I was thinking, you know, you have your own business. Now you have your child. What you can tell us more about that? Because one of the reasons is this fear that how can I deal with everything, financially speaking, what is happening if I'm sick or I don't know, I'm whatever, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> even uh, darker than that. But I heard many of my friends that they are afraid to take this decision just because of that. What you will um, advise us? And I, I think that's a very responsible concern for me being organized and having a backup plan and another backup plan and make sh- make sure you have either very close friends or family that can be options to support you if and when you need that extra help. Uh, it takes a village. We know that. Um, in, even for individuals who have a partner, it still takes a village. And so I think from that perspective, you know, I am blessed and I'm doing a nanny share with a family and that has been wonderful. And for certain situations where maybe I'm running late from work or something happens with the nanny and we have to pivot, they are very helpful and supportive and we figure out a solution together. So that's really important is to be organized and to deal with the logistics and and kind of take them Take those challenges and figure out a solution head on, not try and bury your head in the sand and think it won't happen, but be prepared that if this happens, how am I handling it? And so I think that's um, that's something that I've really prioritized and, and also being able to return the favor and to, and to give thanks however you can as well so that, you know, people are, are wonderfully gracious, you know, but it's also thanking them and and recognizing that that it does take a village. So true. How was the first day when you came with Greta home? I'm very curious because I remember we were talking about and you were like, I think I can manage it. And I was like, I don't know if you can manage it. How was it? (laughs) Well, the first first day, both my mom and stepdad were with me when we left the hospital. And it was great, but it was pretty funny just because all of a sudden you're like, okay, I have this little human. Uh, and I um, chose to not have my dogs be at home when I brought her home so that I could have a little bit of time. I made it, um, arranged it with uh, the dog walker that he would keep the dogs while while I was delivering the baby and in the hospital. And then once I got settled, then I would have him come and help me introduce the dogs to the baby. And that was really fun. I have two golden retrievers and they have been her best friends. And um, they're mischievous at times, but um, but they love her so much. And she interacts with them now and pets them. And it's very, very sweet. Um, but that first day was, you know, a little bit of awe of, I did it. Here she is here we go. Like, let's do this. I cannot change my mind. (laughs) I have it for the whole life, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But, um, but, you know, more so like here is 
you know, this human that I get to help share the world with and teach them things and encourage them to be the best version learn of from themselves. Them too. Oh, <laughs> you will learn see. so much. Yeah. I mean, she teaches coming, me things every day. It's coming. It's coming. Learn from the, yeah. <laughs> every day. Every day. You're the every best day. teachers. But yeah, just, um, and it's so wonderful to see things through her eyes and, you know, when she's, you know, she's just starting to taste foods and those expressions are just priceless of like, what is this? You know, or, you know, the wind, um, you know, how it feels on her face or we were, did a water taxi in Venice and she loved that. And um, all these different experiences, <laughs> it's just so special to be able to see that through her. There are some other rewarding moments that you've experienced on this remarkable journey with Greta, besides what you mentioned before. I would say probably the most rewarding so far, again, she's only six months old, has been watching her hit these little milestones of, you know, when she could first follow me and track with her eyes and then... um and then being able to hold her head up and then being able to roll over. That happened over Thanksgiving and that was so fun. But then also I think the milestones that we've done together of, you know, that first car trip and especially when I'm doing it on my own or I had the blessing of traveling to Europe with my mom as well. But that was huge, getting on a plane, getting on a train, doing the water taxi and conquering these things together has been really fun of, I'm going to go back to work. How's this going to go? And then it went great. And, um, you know, being hopeful, but also being practical. And uh, each of those things has been really rewarding and, and fun. Are you organizing everything in advance? You're already planning what's happening in, I don't know, with the kindergarten or the school? Are you already thinking uh, long term? <laughs> so I live in San Francisco. So preschool and school is you definitely have to plan ahead and I have started on the preschool process for now of doing my research talking to friends and colleagues and then I'm kind of just trying to take it one step at a time so right now the next plan is preschool and then moving on from that will then be of course school and I'm trying not to overly stress about things but I'm also trying to be prepared are you open to date now? Great question. I don't think I'm there yet. Um, I definitely will return to dating and want to hopefully find a partner that I can share this journey with, that he would be open to uh, having her in his life and we would be a new version of a family. But um, for now, I'm not quite there. I, I just want to spend time with her, and I think um, I don't want to be away from her, and I also don't, don't want to be casual about sharing her with somebody until I know it's right. So for now, not yet. If the perfect man were to show up at my doorstep, I probably wouldn't turn him away, but I also at the same time don't want to be actively taking time away from her right now to do that, uh, it's not my priority. But at some point, absolutely. I would love for her to have a male role model that's in her life that, you know, isn't her uncle or her grandfather 
and so on and so forth. And, you know, I'd love to be able to have that in my life again as well. Um, and I have a lot of faith that when the time is right, the right person will come into my life and he will embrace all of us. And, um, and I'm hopeful for that, but I also don't want to rush that. Uh, the same way I don't want to rush it to have the baby. Uh, I, want it, I want it to be right. It's so hard to be in a relationship. Um, it takes work, and I recognize that. And right now, I want to keep working on being you know, a good businesswoman, a good mother, a good dog mother, and, um, and still have time for myself. Which you have, right? Because you are yes. a very good, uh, you are very good in uh, time management. It also helps that she's an amazing sleeper. <laughs> she's she sleeps. How so many much. hours she sleeps? She sleeps like how many 10 hours? Or 11 hours, ten or eleven hours a night. So you see, when the the right thing is coming in the right time, everything is so much aligned now, and I'm sure the partner is coming as well in the right time, like you said. I believe so too. I really do. And, and I'm a huge fan. I know you are as well of manifestation and intention setting and believing that if you want it, it, it can happen. And I, I believe that as well. So I'm just trying to channel the right energy at the right time. And um, in the meantime, have as much fun as I can. I mean, you already channel it very strong. Looking back, I mean, two years ago, we were like talking about dating and maybe you to have a kid. And now here, here you are with a, a beautiful Greta. That she's really wonderful. I really love Greta, honestly. And I, obviously, all the kids are special, but she's really special. She really has something special. Heather, your journey is incredibly moving. I'm sure for many. For my final question. I would like to ask, looking back at all the struggles and triumphs you've experienced, what has this journey taught you about the essence of life and the power of pursuing one's dreams again, all odds? That's a great question. And I think it has taught me and reminded me how strong and powerful we are and that if you put your mind to something, that you can do it. And to believe in yourself and to believe in the process and to embrace the journey. But part of me was nervous at first of, should I be doing this? Can I do this? And then I just told myself, you want this? You can do it. Plan for it. Prepare for it. And then enjoy it. And I think that my experience has been, it has just echoed that theory of if it's something that you want, go after it and the right people will support you. I've been so blessed by my friends and family. They've been so amazing to support me in so many different ways. And I'm so grateful for that. But I also believed in myself and I was like, I can do this. I know I can. And I did it. I did it. So, um, and I'm so proud to be her mom. Thank you so much, Heather, for sharing this. And I really hope that many women can, um, can get this power that you have now 
we can give it to them and they can follow their heart and um, go on this journey because it's um, it's beautiful. And I see you so happy now and I'm so happy for you. Thank you so much. And thank you for asking me to share this. It's obviously very personal, but I hope other women are inspired to do the same thing. I remember that we said that when you were pregnant and I was like, I would love to share and document this for other women that they want to do that. And you say, let me see her, Greta, let me make it, she's healthy and then I promise I will do it. So thank you for respecting that. And I'm sure that it's helpful for many, many women that they are listening now. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you so much for turning in to today's episode of Dream Again. Special thanks to Heather for bravely sharing her deeply personal story. Heather, your journey is not only inspiring, it's a source of encouragement and empowerment. Your willingness to open up about your experience, it's a powerful gesture aimed to support and encourage other women to never stop dreaming and pursue their dreams no matter how challenging the journey may seem. For those of you in the Bay Area seeking for guidance or support in a journey similar to Heather's, please check out our show notes, where Heather has shared her recommended clinics. And to you, my dear friend, the one who is listening right now, never doubt of your dreams. And if you know someone who is in a similar situation to what Heather has at the beginning of her journey, please share this episode with them. It could be incredibly impactful. As you already know, we release a new episode every Monday. Next Monday, we are exploring the exciting world of fashion. We will discuss how to feel more confident in our clothes, considering different body shapes, what to wear for the new season. Our guest is a highly talented fashion designer with an impressive background, having worked with renewed brands like Versace, Cavalli, Max Mara, just to name a few. It's an episode you definitely don't want to miss. Once again, thank you for listening. Keep dreaming, keep believing, and see you next Monday on Dream Again. Please check the show notes in the description for more insights. You can also subscribe to my newsletter at krinaokumus.com to get additional information. If you like this episode, share it with your friends and family on social media. I will also appreciate if you would leave a review on the Apple podcast. I love to get your inputs as this will help us to understand how can we support you in your journey. And don't be afraid to share your story with us. We are all here together. And remember, it is time to dream again. It is